What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a, another episode of Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. As always, I am Nick, and I am joined by Greg today. So we're going to kind of go over just a few topics, you know, obviously go over some Ohio State quarterback talk, talk about some the AP poll that came out for uh, college football this week, talk about, you know, what the heck's going on with the crew, and then talk about the summer league and how our new rookie would. Just to start off with Ohio State, so, Greg, I just wanted to get your opinion on, you know, Day's comments about that quarterback room that he made um, earlier this week. And, and obviously him saying that Stroud had kind of taken a, a step ahead of everybody else, but not really naming him a starter yet. Do you think that was, you know, him naming a starter without naming a starter? Or do you think he was just trying to get those guys maybe to play a little bit harder? Or what do you think? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. Uh, C.J. Stroud has started to separate himself from the other guys but you got i mean jack miller kyle mccord there's even rumors if quinn ewers comes into play that that could be you know an additional he said two weeks ago that he would have a decision by this monday this past monday and that still hasn't occurred um so you know i, I don't know i i think that yeah he kind of put it out there that stroud's probably going to be the guy but he's also said that even still, he's going to spread the reps around. You know, we could be looking at a multitude of different guys coming out and playing even into January, as long as they can all play and get some reps in, we can see what happens. We've seen it be done in the past with Ohio State, a little pl- platoon of guys, and I think that that's possible for this season. Yeah. I mean, do you think that, I mean, I know we've seen it done before, but it just wasn't very successful. Like, I don't, I don't think that, you know, the last time we saw it was uh, Cardell and JT and, and obviously it was kind of just, you know, both of them happy and on the roster. But I mean, you, you have Stroud, who I believe is a four-star guy, and then you have the other three who are five stars. So obviously you're, you're pretty talented in the quarterback room, you know, right off the bat, even before they kind of get into training camp and start developing and stuff like that. But you had the other three who have been developing for a year and obviously it looks like Stroud and it looks like Stroud's kind of taking that, that step that he said. So do you think they go with him? Um, and then maybe, like you said, spread that ball around. Do you think that's a good idea to do that, to kind of play multiple quarterbacks throughout the season? Or do you think maybe they should redshirt viewers and then just pick a, a starter? And, and if the other two decide to transfer out, that's just. I think Stroud will be the starter when it comes down to it. And he's going to play a majority of the reps throughout the year. You're going to have some guys that are going to need to come in. And I don't think that, you know, I think. Jack Miller kind of looks like that guy that's going to be coming in is honestly, I know I say this a lot, but you know, I think that the true successful people can, uh, you know, teams have load management. And if you put in Stroud out there for every single rep, it's just going to wear them down throughout, you know, by come January time. So if we mix and match just a little bit throughout and get some other guys, some experience out on the field, I don't think that they're going to necessarily transfer anywhere else. And, and yeah, I think yours would be a, smart to red shirt and go from there uh, to get him ready for the yeah yeah i mean a lot of people i've heard a lot of people talk about um you know that now in this day of age of you know nil that that day is kind of messing you know quote unquote messing with their money per se you know could that could that drive like i said one of them maybe to transfer out and i know there's lots of talk saying that that if he goes with one guy and you know not the other two that that kind of messes with because they're the starting quarterback or not do you think that could drive one of them to go out because this new hole? And I do. And it's plausible, but I mean, where else would they go? 
there's there's a lot of other guys that have gotten you know a lot of these other schools have their their number one guys already you know in place we've seen it on espn and and all the sporting news apps and stuff like that that i just don't see it at least happening this year it's possibly next year or the year if they don't get the reps that so obviously if they don't redshirt yours then they all have the same eligibility so there's no way that they're all going to be able to stay on the roster and all get enough playing time in order for them to kind of make their dreams happen at that next level. So I know I know they're probably not going to transfer out this year, but do you see over the next year or two them transferring out? And then do you see a possibility that we might not have any new quarterback talent come in over the next few years because that room is kind of clogged? Or do you think people are always going to want to try to come in just to try to win the starting job there at Ohio State? I mean, yeah, Ohio State's, you know, a top-tier franchise or franchise, top-tier team, college program is the best word, better word for it. And I think that there's always going to be guys, you know, we've got a lot of homegrown talent from here in Ohio, Michigan, that, you know, Wisconsin areas, that the, the Midwest, that we're always going to get good top-tier recruits. So I'm not worried about it at all. I, I think that, yes, we're going to lose one, maybe two of them to transfers. Uh, I don't think all three. And I, I think you're always going to have somebody that's going to come down the pipe that's going to be available and be Ohio State ready. If Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And then just to kind of stay in the college football realm, so we did get the AP poll, and two things that I kind of wanted to take a look at were obviously two uh, colleges that are in Ohio. So we got Ohio State and Cincinnati. Um, one, let's go with uh, Cincinnati before we uh, talk about Ohio State's place there. But how do you... How do you view Cincinnati's spot there at eight? If we can kind of back that up and finish the season around there a little bit higher. And do you think that that's a well-deserved for that Cincinnati squad? I definitely think it's well-deserved for that Cincinnati squad. They have leaps and bounds improved over a couple of years. You know, they were almost undefeated last year. They came within a late field goal of Georgia in the Peach Bowl to lose. I mean, if you had didn't watch that game and you weren't like on the edge of your seat for the entire game, yeah, and you're crazy because it was a fantastic game. And like I said, they they don't. I know it was the 2020 shortened season. And there's a lot of teams that didn't compete, but I think that still they they came out and competed the entire year, stepped up. This is the best preseason ranking for a non-power five or BCS conference team. I believe Boise State did it in 2011, and I think they came out ranked four or five. I think it was five though. So. Eight, seven, six. I think that's a good preseason ranking throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that them at eight was like, you look at a lot of the like P rankings, and sometimes I feel like a lot of teams are in spots, and you're like, that's a little high. I just think they kind of get put in those spots because of, you know, the pedigree of the program in the past. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not necessarily what they've done over the past year, but just what they've done, you know what I mean, and, and what their program has kind of brought to college football over time. But I, I do think that that eight was was deserved for what they put on last year and and being able to compete with Georgia, who is you know most years kind of regarded as a top team or, or kind of competing for the playoffs. They're they're a powerhouse team. Yeah, they're they you know they're they're consistently competing for the playoffs and and to compete with them and, and to lose in in a in a fashion like that and to have it almost in their grasp. I think that that that's huge. I I do think that. It hurts that they're kind of in a little bit of a weaker conference, but I mean, if they can go undefeated again and continue to develop, I mean, Luke Bigel has done just a phenomenal job there and being able to really tap into 
those like three and four star guys from around, you know, Ohio and then, and then the surrounding states around that. And then to be able to bring in, you know, some, some better talent from outside that little bubble too. I think that he's done a really good job of, of kind of finding his spot in the recruiting world there. I think they can continue to develop and maybe even over the next couple of years and kind of shift what uh, these conferences look like. I think they could find themselves moving into you know, one of those power five conferences probably. And I think honestly, I'm, I mean, I might be crazy. I think that the city of Cincinnati has done a great job of really making Cincinnati a destination place to want to be and play the FC and the new stadium and all the revitalization for all of pretty much all of Cincinnati. If you've never been to Cincinnati, it's a phenomenal city. It's a phenomenal place to visit and be around. I've had a great time every time I've been there. And I think that Cincinnati as a whole is doing that, spilling over to the colleges and the kids are coming on these visits and they're going, wow, wow, I didn't know that it was this awesome. That's just feeling that. And I think with Luke Fickle's tenure at Ohio State, they give him a little bit more notoriety on the national scale. And that allowed some of these recruits to be like, well, this this guy was, you know, we understand why he was the head coach at Ohio State. He was there for a reason. He's got a good pedigree there. So let's give this guy a chance as a coach. And obviously he's shown he can do I'm Yeah, no, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on that one. And then just to kind of move on to Ohio State's rank, which I'm going to use the word disrespectful. Um, <laughs> maybe you'll use a different word, but I'll, I'll get your opinion first before I give mine. But they were ranked fourth. It was uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, and then Ohio State. So how do you feel about that? As much as I just said that eight is a good thing for Cincinnati, in all respect of the preseason rankings, I could give two craps. None of it really matters to me. Only two teams in the last 20 years that were ranked preseason number one ever actually went on to win the national. That was 2004's uh, USC team, 2017's Alabama team, and only 11 have ever done it in the last like 70 years. So rankings are rankings and we'll see where it all plays out once it's seven or eight games and we'll really see what the rankings are that and we can judge it off of that but i'm good what it is i don't take any a lot of people get paid a lot of money to just make opinions so just like us well we don't get paid a lot of money but we do have opinions um (laughs) so no i mean yeah I, i i get what you're saying i understand it doesn't really i guess it's like you know and i would be okay sitting there third if but it, I think it was the fact that Oklahoma was put at second, and I was just kind of like, you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I guess if, if you're going to go off of last year's performance, and then you're going to couple that with what the rosters look like this year, and then what the recruiting classes look like, then I just, I don't know. I don't see how you put them second. And I, It's recruiting cr- classes, it's returning starters, you know, a lot of different things. The fact that Ohio State even hasn't, just talked about earlier, hasn't, named a starting QB that can give you a lot of like, well, there's a little bit uncertainty. If we knew that Stroud was going to be the starter, you know, last year. Five stars in the room. I mean, come on. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have a guy that's going to be good. I mean, that's, I don't know. I get it. I, I get, like I said, I get that. It doesn't mean, it. I don't know. I was just kind of like, <laughs> but I could talk about it all day, but we'll move on. So we are going to move on to the crew and I, uh, I will not say what I have written in my notes here. But I, I do want to know what the heck is going on. And they have, I mean, they've lost four games in a row and, and bad. Like, they've lost bad. 
Um, their goal differential is 12 to 4. And it's just, and 12 to 4 means that they've let 12 goals get scored and they've only scored like four goals. So, I mean, that's, and that's not good. So, and we've kind of dropped down the table out of playoff contention now. And, you know, you see a lot of things out there going. You know, I saw a, an article that said that they got lucky and it was a lucky win against the Sounders last year in the championship. And, you know, then I see a lot of things that, that say that the losing streak is because is of injuries and they can't have, they can't find consistency within their starting lineup. And that's causing the scoring issues. And I saw another article that said that, you know, they were having turnover woes. And, and yeah, I mean, I could tell you all that, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's something, something deeper, something different, because it, last year they, they went through a stretch where they, you know, had trouble scoring and they, they still were able to kind of pull it together. So I'm just curious what you think is, you know, what the heck is going on? I mean, I will read the notes, you know, it is a WTF is going on. It's, <laughs> it's the, 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 really the, the, the truth of it. You know, they, they lost their fourth straight to the Chicago fire with the fires coming off of two wins in a row. But if you've looked at any of the footage and just some of the highlights you know chicago fires looked more inept than the crew over the last couple of games squeak out over them i think the chicago fires five nine and five with 20 points and the crews six seven and 24 points it's not every year we're gonna we're gonna do it we had a lot of guys that went out to play for national teams that can put a lot of stress on their bodies, their minds, uh, injuries. You know, so when you're coming back from Olympics, when you're coming back from other game or cups around the world, it, it's going to take its toll. And unfortunately, and I know we've discussed this before, but MLS isn't considered in some people's eyes as the top tier of their professional yeah. makeups. And so they don't put as much emphasis on it pays the bills, but it's not for national pride. It's not Premier League. So it's what we're going to get with the players that we're not having, you know, Ronaldo or, you know, Messi coming up and playing for the MLS. And maybe in 20 years when their careers are at an end and extra dollars are, is what it is. And I'm, I'm not sad about it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and, and to kind of go up your point of, you know, having players in and out for international duty, you know, the World Cup and Euros and the Olympics and with injuries. And, you know, we added some depth over the offseason, but maybe that's just shows that we need more depth. And that, I mean, but then maybe the depth isn't the issue. You have all these guys consistently in and out, then how do you build chemistry? Then I guess you have to figure out what to do in that instance. But go ahead and let us know, guys, what you think. You know what <laughs> WTF is going on <laughs> with the Columbus crew. I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I hope they can figure it out. They have enough games that if they can string some wins together, that they can put themselves back in, you know, the playoffs. And then hopefully once they get into the playoffs, they, they kind of figure it out like they did last year and go on a run. But you know, it's it's hard enough to win one championship. It's hard enough, and it's almost impossible to win two in a row, three in a row. So, you know, I'm happy with us getting the win last year. And I guess if we have to have a down year in order to kind of, you know, figure out what our weaknesses are and kind of attack those weaknesses over the offseason and get better, then then let's go ahead and do that. But I, I, I do hope that we kind of right those wrongs so we can start winning some more games. Beautiful new state. <laughs> but to move on to our last topic, we are going to be going over you know, Evan Mobley, the Cavs' new rookie, kind of comparing him to the rest of his draft class from the Summer League. And then 
discussing whether or not we think he'd be that future star that that they can build around or if he's just another piece before they you know eventually find that superstar that's going to team back to a I don't I don't want to use the word dominant but but just a a consistent playoff team and maybe even a consistent playoff team what do you think about Evan Mobley's performance compared to the rest of his draft class in the summer leagues I mean I, I think he's done a great job He's a solid, solid defensive player. With the Trojans, he led the Nate blocks per game with two and a half or three, close to the 2.9, sorry. And the other guys around him, I think that uh, he's going to do very well with the Cavs. I think, honestly, from what I've seen so far, I think he's the type of player that's going to be play better with with better players around him. You didn't see as much of what his potential is because you know, the Trojans didn't have, you know, rock star superstars throughout the entire lineup. And I think that when you put them on an NBA takes to Sexton and Garland and Jared Allen and even the improving Isaac Okoro, I, I think that you could actually see some really good ball coming up and, and you had a you know a couple other key maybe free agent signings over the course of the next year or two that we could see contending teams you know who, who knows LeBron might come back one more time <laughs> I don't know about that I think he's locked in with the Lakers <laughs> but um you know I, I do agree with you I I think that he's a really solid defensive player and I think he's a really solid rebounder and I think that is something that he is going to really be known for over the next three years as he kind of develops you know, a better consistency when it comes to scoring. And I do think you're right when you say that once he gets on the NBA roster, that he's going to look a lot better because I do think, you know, Okoro was known for his defense. Mobley's known for his defense and Jared Allen is known for his defense. Now Jared Allen can score a little bit and Okoro can score enough, but really honestly, Sexton and Garland are going to be their primary scorers. So if you have three guys that are pretty much locked down defenders, especially two guys around the rim. And then you have two guys around the rim who can rebound like crazy. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of what he can do. And then if he can develop his scoring, because he can already kind of shoot behind the arc and he has pretty good handles for a seven footer. He can develop that properly. If they can help him develop that properly, I think he could be that like stretch, you know, four or five that, that the league is kind of looking at right now. They're looking at that, like, that 6'10 to 7 foot kind of stretch, you know, power forward slash point guard kind of combo that that kind of leads the league right now. I don't know if he's at he's definitely not as athletic as like, you know, KD or or Giannis, but um, but if he can kind of develop into that, I do think that he could be a superstar that could help lead into a championship, kind of like an Anthony um, if he has like the right guys around him. So no, I th- I think he I think everybody in that draft class performed well. I mean, obviously it's the summer league, so you're going to get what you're going to get in the summer league it's nobody's out there trying to put up you know numbers that don't matter if that makes sense yeah numbers that don't count it's really just designed to see what you know the top 15 picks have and then everybody else is just going out there playing as hard as they can to get a roster spot so correct I mean, that's, you You know, Mobley was going to make the roster no matter what. I mean, he could have gone out there and been hot garbage and, and he would have at least spot on the roster. So, because they, they are going to pay him all that money regardless. But, um, but no, he, he did well. I think he averaged double digits in points, I think rebounds, and then was doing pretty well, you know, passing it. So, like I said, I think if, if he can kind of become that, like, Anthony Davis kind of player, and I think he'll fit right in. I think that's a guy that they could, you know, 
I don't know if like they'll be able to build around him without having another guy, like you said, but I think he could be a, a key key contributor on a championship, like a one A. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, when you you named those five, three out of the five you said were defensive players. You know, the old adage, defense wins championships. If if you can keep other teams low scoring and you can get those other you know two to ball out, have a couple shots here and there from from the other guys, it, it's real possible that you could have a winning season, if not even the playoff contention coming down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, and listen, I mean. A lot of people don't like Sexton because he's he's small and they think he's a really ball dominant. But I, I think he can develop into into sharing the, the ball a little bit. But he's he's just an assassin. I mean, they when they went out and got him, they went out and they got a guy who was kind of like you know, I'm not gonna say he's Kyrie, but but in in the same regards where he just he's just gonna go out there and get a bucket. That's that's just what he's gonna do. You know what I mean? He's not he's not sitting there trying to pass the ball. He's not sitting there you know, worried about anything else other than I'm I'm going to get this bucket and he does. So I think that, you know, he's going to be a consistent 20 to 22 points a night, you know what I mean? Average. And then Garland's going to be your, your like point guard where he could also average around 20 points, you know, nine assists. And then you have, Oh, you know what I mean? You have Okoro that could average around like 15 points, but he's really going to be your defensive lockdown at that, that three spot. And then with with Allen and Mobley, you know, around the rim, they they could average double digits each of them in rebounds, and then average around like twelve, thirteen points each, and they could probably each average like five assists and and a couple blocks. I, I think that's like that's a good chemistry, you know, to be around that like seven to ten spot. I think this year, and be in a good spot hopefully for that like play in tournament. Yeah, whatever happened with our our thing about Kevin Love? Did he ever get to go? No, he is uh, unfortunately still on the team. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really know what they're gonna do with him. Um, he's very no. expensive to just be sitting on the bench, but people buy expensive cars all the time and leave them in the garage and don't drive them. So I, I guess either either they're gonna have to buy him out or they're gonna have to like pay somebody to take him. Like I, I just I don't see. I don't see anybody trading him the Cavs anything valuable. You know what I mean? Like taking that money because who's who's going to take him? Who who has money that's going to take him? I mean, it's like I don't know. I mean, according to fan cited, uh, the trade market for Kevin Love's non-existent. There is nobody that wants him. It's bad. Like I I don't even. I mean, at this point, it would almost be like because I know I know Pascal wants out of um, Toronto, or at least that was a report you know, a couple of weeks. So maybe, maybe you get like a three team deal where like Kevin Love gets sent to Toronto just because they need somebody to kind of sell tickets and whatnot, I guess. And then Pascal goes to whatever team they want to trade him to. And then they also get a player from that team that they traded to. And then the Cavs get like some, some like, crappy second round pick or something like that but also the Cavs give up a second round pick to get you know what I mean like it's it's got to be something like that to where like the there could be a deal to be made and then the Cavs like somehow sneak Kevin Love in a deal or they like just say hey if you take Kevin Love three second round picks you give us like a bag of chips I I don't know like I just I don't know. I don't know how you get rid of them. <laughs> I, I think we had, last time we added a Diet Coke can as well. 
Yeah, I don't even think he's worth that. It's it's really sad because it's one of those things that's like, I think, I think what he thought, honestly, and and they probably went to him and they were like, hey, we don't want to be like the last time LeBron left. We kind of want to spend a year retool and then you'll be right back in the playoffs. And he was like, cool, bet, because he played really hard that next year. But then going into that second year without LeBron, he was like, we didn't really do anything. And we don't look like we're going to be any better. But I think he thought like, yo, if I just sit around and, and cause a bunch of trouble, they'll just send me out. But then he like got injured and wasn't playing very well. And people didn't really view him that highly anyway. Nobody traded for him. Just, I mean, the, the price point on him is not worth it. Well, they, they gave him so much money. I was like, what? The Cavs are just going to have to eat it when it comes down to it. Oh, I, I forget how many years is left. It can't be that many more years, but. Anyway, that that might be like we'll, we'll just start a whole podcast on on Kevin Love, you know, getting traded or cut, and the Cavs getting rid of him until he's actually. Good. Anyway, um, just to finish off the episode here, um, let's go with the sports report. So the Reds are still, you know, the Reds and the Indians are still second in the division. I, I don't see that, so it's it is what it is. I think the Reds are are trying to fight for a wild card spot. I think they. They're, you know, unless a, unless a miracle happens where they kind of go on a winning streak, which is possible, I guess. But I think that, that that's um, – they do start a three-game series. The Angels tomorrow, this is the 22nd. And I believe the Reds are in a four-game right now, so you can catch game tomorrow, which will be the 22nd when this episode comes out. And then, obviously, the crew are with their loose – they're eighth in the East. So, unless they figure it out and they turn around, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not moving up the table. So. Hopefully they do. Obviously, my you know double take prediction. Sporting world was uh, wrong last week. Figure it out. <laughs> and and that was pretty exciting news for the Reds to get uh, the Field of the Dreams yes. game next year versus the Cubs. I was really stoked to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something we'll talk about on our on deck episode coming out next Monday, as well as the Field of Dreams recap. But the Reds getting that game is a big thing for some big thing for for them. I think they're really stoked about. It. Yeah, yeah, that's that that'll be like watch, and it, it is every single year they make it like a huge spectacle and really fun for everybody. You know, I, I love when they walk out the field or the you know. Just... Oh, you know, I even only want to talk to me about how if you're not <laughs> romantic about baseball after watching that, then I, I <laughs> but the, we'll talk about that Sunday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So we are going to move on to our double take segment here. I will let uh, I'll let Greg kick it off with uh, what he thinks will happen in the sporting world over the next two weeks. Obviously, uh, I'm going to stick with my 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 thing to 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 say something, and hopefully, it turns out I was wrong again with my pick on the uh, U.S. not winning gold medals. And so I will move forward and say that the Red Sox will fall out of wild card contention and will not make the playoffs and will fall so more deep out of wild card contention that is impossible. So that's okay. my my pick. My thing over the next two is <laughs> this whole like I feel like every single year, you know, like over the past like three, maybe four, you know, LeBron has been able to find this like underdog mentality type thing. People are just given like with the whole they're old and washed and then he got zero votes for the best player in the league. Um, so I think over the next two weeks, this is going to be like, you're, you're going to see it everywhere and you're going to get sick of it. And, um, and other than this moment, you want to come to a place where you don't have to hear about 
you know, LeBron being upset because they're calling him old and not the best player anymore, then then come here. Because I think that's all they're going to talk about over the next two weeks. So buckle in, get ready, have fun. <laughs> next, what is uh, what's a crazy thing you uh, saw, heard, or that happened to you? Well, as many of you listeners realized over the last couple podcasts that I wasn't on, uh, I was a little under the weather for a couple weeks, uh, still not 100 But what crazy is that uh, all the love and support that everybody uh, shouted out to me throughout um, over the past couple of weeks and just texts and calls, check-ins, and it was really uh, special to me. And I sort of really appreciate all those people. That's that's the crazy thing shown my way. Heck yeah. I, I tell you right now, we were, we were missing you, so... Definitely, definitely a, a big voice on on the podcast, and 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 not having you throughout the whole week was though. So. <laughs> Dom and I did our best. I, I I tried my best on the on the soccer podcast, and and then I and then Dom and I tried our best with the baseball one. But but definitely definitely glad you're feeling better and and being back. And I know, like you said it, everybody everybody will be. Nothing really crazy happened to me over the past two weeks. It's been kind of normal. That's kind of weird. No driving lessons. No nothing. I mean. The guy that's taken up two parking spots in our parking lot still that doesn't change. That's not new. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe some of our listeners can tell us some of their crazy things that have happened to them, and maybe we can start sharing those. Yes. Because well, we be, live such boring lives. See, that that would be fun. If you guys have any crazy things that happen to you, let us know. I, I would really love that. That'd be fun. That'd be a whole new section. <laughs> we'll just sit here and, and read some crazy things that happen to you because sometimes in life, those things don't happen to us. It's pretty normal, unfortunately. Even though we, you know, crazy lives. But we hope you enjoyed the episode. Obviously, super excited that Greg is back. Feeling a little bit better. And so you can catch him on, on deck again on Monday. Obviously, he's going to be talking about that field of dreams. He loves that so much. And, and we can tell how excited he is about next year's as well. So, again, thank you guys. Thank you for all the support. We can also get better because of you all. Like uh, yesterday's episode with Dom, continue to uh, give us feedback. Or if you haven't given us feedback before, give us feedback now. You know what I mean? If we are doing something you don't like, let us know. We can do better for doing. It. Let us know so we keep doing it. Um, and then keep looking out for updates on episodes. Check out our YouTube channel. We do have two videos up: one on San Antonio Holmes, and then one on the amazing short-lived sport of slam ball. So go ahead and check those out. Let us know what you like about that. What we can do. And as always, this was another episode of Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sport. Until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.